the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. How you doing? Got a good show for you today, I believe. Every time I think that, though, sometimes I disappoint. So I I just say I'll do my best. Throwback to when you're in high school and the song comes on the radio right after you got dumped. I tried my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. So the stock market is two for two this week, posting modest losses on Monday and Tuesday. After six up weeks, is the punch bowl leaving the party? I know you're saying, I don't think there is a punch bowl. Maybe a punch bowl, but not a punch bowl. So is the punch bowl leaving the market? That's a really good question in the short term. So there were feelings out there that things might magnify and get tougher. Today there isn't any strong feeling. So yesterday and Tuesday people were pretty stressed out on the market. Today it's kind of like, eh. So what's interesting is right at 6 o'clock ADP, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, came out with their employment change report. And it showed 298,000 private sector jobs were created. Cue Homer Simpson going, woohoo! 298, thank you, Homer. That was well above expectations. Expectations were for 180,000. So 298,000 versus 180,000. Can you imagine if you told your spouse, spouse, I'm going to make 180,000 this year. And you come home and you make 298000 Or how about 180000 this month? That's a blowout. Right? Thank you, Hummer. Now go drink a Duff beer. Um, the job growth was broad-based inside the report for ADP. And that's good for all industries when it's broad-based. And when you talk about that, you're like, that's a good thing. Like, manufacturing did well? Check. Retail did well? 
Check the dog. Check. Guys driving buses. Check. So a lot of us are doing better. And the job uh, uh, picture for January got revised higher. The warm February temperatures were possibly a driver of this employment gain. So there's a little bit of that going on because there was a 66,000 person increase in construction. I know you're saying, cue the Diet Coke commercial where uh, construction workers working without a shirt and all the women in the office are like, ooh! So 66,000 more construction jobs. I know, that's every woman's fantasy, right? <laughs> Hot, sweaty construction worker. Low-paying job while they've got the office jobs. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, it was, even if you take out those 66,000 construction jobs, it's still a pretty good number. So the ADP report should reinforce the prevailing view that the Fed is likely to raise the target range for the Fed funds rate at next week's meeting. Fed is going to raise rates. We're going to see higher interest rates, your credit card rate, your mortgage rate. Everything's going to be going higher. Good time to lock in. Because after this one gets moved higher, people are going to start thinking, how about the next one? And the Fed wants to raise rates three times this year. After raising once last year and the year before, essentially. So, the jump in the market rates could be stifling. Um, the enthusiasm for the stock market to move higher. I think it's a big deal. Uh, when you start raising the cost of borrowing, you start slowing economies. You start cutting the risk that companies are willing to take or that you're willing to take. And then you, you're doing that after the market's already had a big run-up. and you're, So you're saying basically, oh, now we've got high valuations and high borrowing costs. And suddenly it's like, you're not as attractive as I thought you were. It's like the day after you met someone amazing when you're a little bit buzzed, you're like, oh my God, you've got five chipped teeth. <laughs> like With lights on, you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice that big bulb on the, on the temple. <laughs> Last night, I thought it was cute, but this morning, I think it's cancerous. So some other headwinds out there. Oil's a little bit weaker. Interest rates look like they're moving higher. Because of inflation of jobs, um, you have an oil inventory build. So, and that was one of those pieces of data that comes out where the API, the American Petroleum Institute, basically says, uh, we got too much. We're not consuming it. So, you saw a surprisingly imbalanced February trade report with China, of which I heard someone talk uh, recently and he said, you know, we talk about trade wars, you know, with Mexico and trade wars with China, and because we're already in trade wars. And when you take a step back, that's absolutely right. The Lunar New Year, which covered parts of February, has received some attribution for skewing China's February trade figures. So I hate that about China. I'm sure they have some things that they hate about us. But it's like, oh, it's the, the New Year... And the Chinese people buy more gifts during the calendar New Year, and you're like, what? I can't figure that stuff out. So anyway, elsewhere out there, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? got, got. Um, taking a look at yesterday, taking a look at fourth quarter productivity and unit labor costs, uh, they were fine. So nothing going on there. 
Not a lot of corporate news this morning. So in the New York Times, there was an article about Caterpillar and how they've been accused of tax fraud out in a report out by federal investigators. So Caterpillar's sliding on that. And if there's anything that you know that is true, and you could say true that, true that, it's that you don't mess with the IRS. So um, weak results out of the children's place, which is publicly traded. You know, there's a list of stocks out there, and there's so many stocks. I just can't ever see myself saying, oh, Home Depot, I don't want it. Blows it down, I don't want it. And then you get through like 10,000 other retail stores, and you're like, oh, the children's place. Sure, that looks good. That's one of the problems with the stock market is there's so many opportunities, and that'll tempt a lot of people. So summing things up, we're having an okay day. Financials doing well. Tech are doing well. Consumer discretionary, which is an incredibly brutal category right now, doing good. Defensive areas like utilities and telco and staples, they're, they're, they're pulling back, which is, again, a pretty bullish day based on the economy. ADP National's employment report for February was much better than expected. The Fed's going to raise rates. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm not going to go on record and say something like, if the Fed doesn't raise rates, I'll cut off my hand and flush it down the toilet. Because the moment I do that is the moment they're going to say, yeah, we heard this guy on radio is going to cut off his hand and flush it down the toilet. Um, so we decided not to raise rates. We just want to see that. That's me. So the financial space is providing some solid sector leadership. So crude oil is tumbling as there was a build in oil supplies. You can get your calls on air today, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The event in Las Vegas is sold out. We are taking opportunities for you to sign up and join a wait list. If you want to come to Los Gatos tomorrow, we're on a wait list. We'll probably release you know five to ten more seats based on that wait list uh, later this afternoon. So you can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show tomorrow night. Big event in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. More information, robblackshow.com. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is sure. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey update. So, you might be looking at your calendar and thinking to yourself, Friday Ice Report. Yeah, we're doing a couple days early this week. The San Jose Barracuda are the AHL affiliate of the NHL San Jose Sharks. Awesome that we have both in one city, in one building. You can kind of watch both as they uh, work together to try to get championships, hopefully at the NHL level, but hopefully at the AHL level as well. Um, how are you, Nick Nolenberger, voice of the Barracuda? Doing good, Rob. How you doing? Doing well. Last time we talked, you were cruising with something like a 14-game win streak, and I blew it because we talked about it. So the <laughs> jinx is over. So No, no, no. It, uh, all good things have to come to an end. But, yeah, one heck of a streak. 14-game winning streak is the longest uh, in the AHL this season. Um, and then uh, the, the loss they, uh, the Barracuda have suffered is actually in a shootout. So the, the point streak went all the way up to 15 games um, and then lost uh, two nights later in Stockton. But um, big, big overtime victory against uh, the San Diego Goals on Sunday at SAP Center. Um, San Jose was down by a pair of goals and a couple late ones with under uh, three minutes to go and an overtime winner 
um, against San Diego. It was right on San Jose's heels. There's two teams that have been uh, on fire since uh, the calendar changed since we turned into the 2017 year. That's been San Jose and San Diego. And despite San Jose winning 14 straight, uh, San Diego's still kind of managed to stay right behind him. So points are huge, especially when uh, those two clubs get together. And another rematch tonight in San Diego. So uh, should be a fun little final stretch, but some big points picked up uh, in overtime on Sunday. Now, we all watched the Tom Lowe, Rob Lowe movie, Youngblood, and we got to see what minor league hockey was all about. Bad buses, cute girlfriends, uh, cheap beer in, in crappy little towns, but... You're in San Diego. You got nothing to complain about. No, no, nothing to complain about. Maybe some of those things are, are uh, you can apply, but for the most part, uh, they treat us pretty well. We uh, we'll be flying down to San Diego today. We fly commercial, so we flying uh, down and uh, not too bad. No, uh, no long bus trip for us today. A quick little flight down south, and we'll play tonight, and then we'll fly out in the morning. Now let's get back to hockey, and uh, I was sad to see how the AHL and NHL sometime worked together. The Sharks general manager traded away one of the players from the AHL Barracuda, Nikolai Goldolbin, just as I got to learn how to say his name correctly. <laughs> he looked like a rising star last year. He's traded. Traded to Vancouver. That's got to hurt the, the, the team of the AHL affiliates. Yeah, a talent leave, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the nature of the beast. It's just how the business works, especially around the NHL trade deadline. Everybody's a little bit on pins and needles. And when you have an NHL team as good as the Sharks, and there's as much depth at the winger position throughout the organization, a guy like Goldobin, who was taken in the first round just two years ago, becomes expendable. So um, they're really deep, the Sharks and the Barracuda, um, at the wing position. And um, trying to add some speed to uh, the Sharks as they make their playoff uh, push and try to get back to the Stanley Cup final. Um, they felt like a guy like Yannick Hansen, who they got for Vancouver in exchange for Goldobin and a fourth-round pick, was um, appropriate compensation. That's just sometimes how it goes. you got to give up um, assets to get assets. And for us, yeah, it's stung. It's, uh, Goldobin's been a big part of uh, the success this season. Um, and I think for everybody, it kind of maybe deflated the tires for a few days. And that um, don't want to make any excuses. That could have led to the two uh, defeats. Both those losses came right after the trade deadline. So, yeah, it was too bad, I think, for everybody because not only the type of player Nikolai is, the type of person he is off the ice. He kept everybody loose. He's always kind of a jokester. Um, English wasn't always the best being uh, from Russia, but always kept everybody uh, put a smile on their face. So it's tough to see him go. But, again, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, and everybody's got to pick up uh, the slack without 82 in the lineup. I'm with you on that. Now, what's one of the biggest surprises? We're pretty deep into the season. We're marching towards the playoffs. The Barracuda and the Sharks are in great position. What's one of the biggest surprises you you can now look back on, Nick, your first year as the voice of the Barracuda? Well, I mean, I think everybody talked about how talented uh, the farm system was, and everybody kind of had their okay. fingers crossed that this was going to be a big year for not only the Sharks coming off a of Stanley Cup Finals appearance, but also for the Barracuda. In the years past, they've traded away the young talent, the uh, the farm system, and the cupboard, uh, for lack of a better term, has been a little bit bare. And this was kind of the year that everything was going to come together, and the first time in a long time that uh, the farm system was going to be pretty uh, well-stocked, and that's exactly what happened. It took a little bit for the young guys to get going, because this is the second youngest team in the American Hockey League, averaging just uh, over 22 years of old, 20, 22 years of age, pardon me, but uh yeah, just a surprise on uh, how quickly it kind of came together. These guys mesh quickly. Everybody gets along, and uh, young guys are stepping up, and they've transitioned to 
pro hockey pretty quickly, and that's uh, why the team's having as much success as they are. You've set up a couple interviews with some of the players on the show and uh, general managers, assistant general managers, people along those lines. Um, one of the things I've noticed is some of the some of the AHL players tend to be the older, more veteran ones. They seem to be like poised for coaching, whereas or mentoring the younger ones. It's kind of fun to watch. It's um, it's very cliche. It's very much so out of the movies. You know, the old bull and the young bull, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the older guys that we have are what you just call a pro's pro. These guys do everything okay. correct. Uh, maybe at this point in their career, they're not pushing uh, the big club for uh, spots necessarily, but they're down here to serve a really big purpose. Um, you can just look at the captain, John McCarthy, 30 years old, which obviously in real life, is uh, he's a young buck himself, but in, in pro hockey terms, he's uh, been around. And uh, he continues to provide leadership for this team. He's not the over over the top raw raw type of guy. He's not going to give you a pregame speech to get you going, but he's just going to go out there and show you how things are supposed to be done. And you know, every day, you know, he's coming out to the rink and he's he's early. He's uh, you know gets in before everybody else. And, you know, no one's going to be working out harder than him. He does all the little things the coaches are asking. So. Yeah, it's, it is funny. It is a little bit cliche. We've got such a young group that uh, it was. There was some questions at the start of the year on how it would mesh, and you know, how are the guys going to be mature enough to you know be able to handle this level and such. But uh, when you got leadership like John McCarthy, you added an, another veteran uh, just a couple weeks back in the Tommy Wingle trade and Zach Stortini, and he's a 31 year old who's played 250 games in the NHL. So these guys can look up and and see how it's done and see what it takes to have a long professional career. Sounds good. Anything else you want to add, Nick, about the upcoming schedule? Anything that we need to be aware of? Well, we got a game tonight, so uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. The puck drop is 7 o'clock at San Diego, and we'll have all the coverage at 7 o'clock. And then we got a pair of games Saturday and Sunday, 6 o'clock on Saturday, one fifteen on uh, Sunday against San Diego and Grand Rapids. So it'd be a matchup against San Jose, who's in first in the Western Conference, between Grand Rapids, who's second, and San Diego, who's third. So there's some high-end competition. We'll have all the coverage right here on KDOW. Good stuff, and uh, the month of March is super exciting for the NHL as everyone starts marching towards the playoffs, including the AHL San Jose Barracuda. Tickets are pretty darn affordable. You can go to sjbarracuda.com, sjbarracuda.com. Not a lot of games left in March, so you got to get what you can and pick up some tickets for April as well. You can go to sjbarracuda.com if you want free tickets to a game coming up. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This morning, a very popular, easy guy to quote, David Tepper, was on CNBC's pregame show, so to speak. And he basically said, I I don't think the market's cheap, but it's hard to go short with the economic backdrop that we have of less regulation, potentially tax cuts. 
Uh, and he thinks the punch bowl is full. He's known for his market-moving comments. Back in 2010, the Tepper rally began when he said stocks would be supported either by growth or by aggressive central bank policies. Really a smart guy. A little bit on the dry side, but a good guy to pay attention to. He's one of those people that you go, oh, he's on. And you go pay attention. Just like this next guy, CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton on the air here on KDOW, Mondays and Tuesdays. You've missed him for the week, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, as well as you can meet him in person in Los Gatos, the cat at the Toll House Hotel, 6.30 to 8.30 tomorrow night. Uh, Chad Burton, how are you? Doing well. How about you? Doing well. Do you still enjoy doing these live events? I do. I do. I especially like the lunch ones now. A little earlier in the day, you know? Yeah, the lunch ones. But this is a dinner one, or not a dinner one, but an evening one as we're trying to catch people coming home from work. Uh, but you and I have decided that we're going to shake things up a little bit and, and rearrange the times uh, for 2017 at times. Uh, yep. The big event is tomorrow night at the Toll House Hotel, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. It's a topic we hit on a lot and often um, because I don't think there's any right answer. And people like answers but it's kind of an art, and there's even things like the Monte Carlo simulation where you're, you're like, well, this kind of could work out for you. Um, but it's a right. any action anything mentioned. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that concept of why is it so hard to get a, a, an answer on well, exactly what we need? Yeah, and, and that's a great question because you, you have to actually blend planning techniques. Uh, and I'll explain what Monte Carlo simulation is in a minute because sometimes advisors use it almost too much as a sales tool versus a, a, a double-check tool. But okay. one of the first things you have to do, if you're, say, close to retirement within 10 years, you're basically starting off by doing some linear planning in terms of, okay, let's assume a 6% less rate of return in case equities give us you know, single-digit returns and bonds give us you know, lower than average returns because of where interest rates are right now for the next decade or so. Um, you want to be able to have a successful financial plan even with 3% inflation. So you have your expenses, including taxes and healthcare costs, going up at at least 3%. Healthcare costs going up at least 5 So that's one direction okay. where your expenses are going, you know, up. Um, and then you've got your return and that, you know, most people use a spreadsheet to do this and that's just a flat rate return, and we both know that the market never does that. Double digits when it's positive, and, and double digits sometimes when it's negative, so it's kind of all over the place. Um, so you want to make sure you have success with that inflation and the linear return of 6% or less, and then once you actually design asset allocation, you can run it through Monte Carlo simulation, which it takes historical returns, but it kind of rearranges everything to see what your success rate of returns come in different orders. Like, it's a much different scenario when returns are good in the beginning and poor at the end of retirement versus poor in the beginning and, and good at the end. Um, outcomes are much, much different. I show examples of this at the event that we do. Um, so Monte Carlo simulation takes interest rates and, and order of returns and everything else and runs it through thousands of different simulations. And you seriously don't want to retire, Rob, unless you have over an 85% success rate in a Monte Carlo simulation after you've done your linear planning. And um, this, you know, a lot of people say, well, why not 100% success rate? Because the Monte Carlo simulation doesn't really create a strategy for you. In other words, the withdrawal strategy that we use, which is starting with three years worth of portfolio draws and cash, 
turning on the tap with dividends and interest and then rebalancing on a quarterly basis and peeling the game. So there's a process to the financial plan, to the retirement plan, and a lot of planners don't take that approach. So what should the average person be doing before they come to you as a pro? Where I don't want to do a Monte Carlo simulation, and you know, even trying to repeat some of the words that you say, like it intimidates me. Um, yep. You know uh, what was it? Where you just said linear financial planning? I'm like, I know what a linear accelerator is because I watch Star Trek, but linear <laughs> financial planning—it's intimidating. Yeah, it's just using a single rate of return versus variable rates of return is, what is kind of all I'm getting at. It's kind of like running a spreadsheet, okay. assuming a six percent growth rate forever. Um, of course, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, I guess the, the person, if they're starting out, first of all, can you get a quick and dirty idea of whether you're even close to being able to retire? If you go to newfocusfinancial.com in the resource section, there's a, a chart that's how long will it last where you can have, uh, it assumes 3% inflation, a rate of return, um, and a withdrawal rate that'll show you basics of how long your money will last to get an idea if you're even close to have having saved enough. Um, and then, you know, for younger people, maxing out the 401k and making sure you're doing a Roth IRA, obviously very important. Okay. I'm with you on that. And there's a report at newfocusfinancial.com that people could download called How Long Will It Last to get kind of on the amateur side. They can start getting figuring this out before they move to the professional side someone like you. Now, income and retirement, let's talk about that ever so briefly. The event is sold out. There is a wait list. I'm going to talk with some of the people today on do we open up the wait list, you know, 10 people, 15 people, but uh, people could sign up at Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, uh, sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. At that event, income and retirement, a lot of people, you know, for 20 years, 30 years, when I first got in this industry, the first 20 years, people were like, <clears throat> bonds. Bonds and CDs are going to be, I'm going to do a laddered CD strategy in retirement. And a laddered CD strategy is now kind of like a joke. It's it's almost laughable. So things change, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait till we get back into the time where laddering bonds make sense. Um, right now we're hanging out on the bond side in, in retirement accounts and unconstrained bond funds where having managers that actually do make some trades within bonds and and trying to find bargains when rates jump like they did a little bit last week. Um, that, that's important, and also being able to hedge against rising rates, which uh, looks like we will you know, continue to see uh, slightly increasing rates over time. So, yeah, things change, and then locking money up more than one year in a CD is, is a little bit silly when you can get almost the same rate in like a Capital One 360 FDIC-insured online money market account or USAA, some other option like that. So... I'd be really careful on locking any money up um, on the fixed income side at all right now. So question for you. I got an email from a listener who put about 50000 of his $80,000 IRA into Snap's IPO, and he's down 40%. Any advice for someone like that without laughing? You know, and this is the, the problem with when that people that are kind of coming of age and they're using SNAP and their first entrance into the stock market is an IPO and they don't understand lockup periods and how you get the wild rise and then people are able to finally sell some shares and they take some profits to buy a house because they've been working, you know, 16 hours a day for a company, that type of situation. They don't, they just don't understand that. And then they shy away from the stock market for decades after that. 
So build your financial base first. Get your first hundred to two hundred thousand dollars in broad-based index funds or ETFs. They're, I mean, everybody lowered their fees on ETFs again, Rob. They're anywhere from four tenths of one percent to nine tenths of one percent. It's cheap. Does that include your clients as well? Yeah. So I saw like TD Ameritrade cut costs, and then like Charles Schwab did the same thing, and. Investing's getting cheaper and cheaper. It's it's a good time to be an investor, to say the least. Because do you remember when you were young in the business and it was four hundred dollars to do a stock trade? Yeah, it was. Uh, you, you basically any trade was one and a half percent around or so for the commission just to place the trade. And now okay. everybody has six dollars and ninety five cents a trade. But most ETFs are free to trade as long as you hold them for typically thirty to ninety days. I've read a report, Chad, and it's a little bit crazy, but it said basically in about 15 years that the financial institutions are going to be paying us to have our assets. Uh, not only will we get a free trade, but they'll actually pay you to park assets with them. Um, pretty interesting. i show you how competitive and how cutthroat the industry is. Yeah, but in terms of financial planning, it's maybe 20 or 30% of what you do. It's tax alpha, asset location, um, insurance taxes, retirement planning, estate planning. It, it all comes together, and once people get to be about you know, 40 years old and they have kids going to college and all these different programs at work, that's when you really need the financial planning help. Any last thoughts, any last uh, ideas you want to throw out there? Uh, you know, I, I, just real quickly, I, I see people that continue to make these investment mistakes. Like, I talked to somebody yesterday that got out at the bottom and the tech direction stayed in cash for all these years, and now they're looking for, like, silver type money managers trade in options and do covered call writing on underlying S&P futures and they're looking uh, you know get a call I just want somebody that can outperform the indexes for me and then you get a little history on it and they've just been crushed over the last decade so if you're that type of person that keeps making emotional mistakes and then searching for the silver bullet stop quick yeah you almost have to have a robotic approach that's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him tomorrow night in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel from 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, there are still waitlist positions open for the event. I don't know if we're going to open them all up or some of them up. You can sign up for the event for free using the radio code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. That's tomorrow night at Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. It's income and retirement. That's CFP Chad Burton. He's got a downloadable of how long will it last at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Mark Zuckerberg's getting a degree from Harvard. Unfortunately, it's an honorary degree, but it's still a degree. Um, 
and I think that's kind of interesting, all things considered. Uh, you know, is it jump up and down kind of cool? Yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't have an honorary degree from Harvard, so as you know, he's a famous dropout from Harvard. Elsewhere out there, and I want to hit this briefly, because um, I think it's worth hitting, is the interest rates have already started to move up on the 30-year mortgage. In large part, the jobs numbers that came out today really were pretty strong, and that leads us to believe that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates. So mortgages have already started to creep up on that. Um, 40, the 30-year mortgage now has jumped from 4.3% to 4.36%. The jumbo is at 4.27% cheaper because it's more private money, and the average interest rate for 15-year uh, mortgages now sits at 3.5%. Bring on Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, to talk a little bit more about this. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. When a professional tells you, I don't know, I've never done that, you should you know, find something that has, can help you. But some people will turn to experts and Buddhas, like Robert Kiyosaki. Well, they, they, probably gives the worst money advice on the planet. People go around and they wait for somebody to tell them what they want to hear. Exactly. It's the same thing in the mortgage business. Um, you can continue going, in real estate especially, you can continue interviewing somebody until they tell you what they want, what, they, what you want to hear. What do you think about the Lobot story? I, I don't think I'm going to buy a hammer because a robot's telling me to buy a hammer. I think they should call it a Hellobot, not a Lobot. Well, that's a job that's going away. Um, in, in my, I'm not worried in my industry. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Um, I think anybody who does a transaction, um, an automated mortgage transaction, I think it's crazy. Um, you're not getting that personal assistance, the personal advice. You're not getting the options. You're not, I mean, you may not be getting the best rate. Who knows? Uh, you don't know that until you talk to somebody. My computer is the best on earth. Computers used to be as big as this room, which is crazy. My father was in charge of uh, bringing computers into the United States Army. And, uh, oh, I know, the old mainframes. So, And we went from mainframes away from mainframes to desktops. Now we're moving away from desktops to the cloud, kind of back to mainframes. But mainframes that you can't see, So, uh, which is what it is. So you have any secrets to get into mortgage these days? Patience, probably. Patience. Start early. Um you know, when you're thinking about buying a house, you got to get serious about it. Uh, I mean, it sounds simple or too simple, but start a budget. Uh, start putting money away. Um, you know, I, I would never say uh, rob Peter and pay Paul, meaning don't put money in your 401k because you want to buy a house because you can always take money out of your 401k if you had to. Um, I'd start working on your debt, working on your credit. Uh, a lot of millennials are carrying a large amount of debt. And lower credit scores, uh, those high student loans are something that, um, you know, it's a kind of a good debt. It's a really low payment, uh, and that's really what the lender's looking for. So if it's a manageable payment, you know, maybe concentrate on something that has higher interest rate um, or some sort of, um, you know, credit issue that you may have had. Understand how lending works. Understand how, like, the two years works. When I got my first house, I said, two years, I'm going to quit my job, and then, um, and buy a house. And I, we did that and we were able to be flexible afterwards. Um, so understand how lending works and, and not be, don't feel like you are, don't feel intimidated about the process and work with somebody that you trust. Anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. 
And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Elsewhere in news, the job creation was such a blowout number from ADP that it's expected on Friday, not the first Friday of the month like it usually is, but the second Friday because it's post-February, which is a short month, is going to be a big number. Um, that's going to be something where we now start talking about the direction of interest rates, which will affect credit companies. I would consider a stock market idea to be something like a financial company because they have a ways to go on the upside if we are in a market trend, higher interest rate environment. Um, but also like your mortgage. Um, if you're thinking about buying a place, you know, this is one rate hike of three this year. Uh, and when there's bad news out there, you'll see rates tick a little bit lower. But overall, I think the theme continues to be um, higher rates, and that should help uh, home builders. It should help financials. Um, there's a lot of players there. So, But also keep in mind that higher rates have sometimes caused <clears throat> consternation in the stock market because you get into a scenario where that's the thing that can bring down a market, uh, slowing growth. Instacart has added about $400 million to its coffers. Uh, they are a company that's private. I've never used Instacart yet, I don't think. But Silicon Valley investors have loved the idea of same-day delivery. Uh, we you know, propped up a company called Webvan many years ago, one of the biggest dot-com busts of all time. And I remember people were at work and like, I'm going to order some groceries, so they'll be there when I get home. And you know, the idea of that's great, but the execution is that we don't have a lot of margins in groceries. Uh, so it's all about volume, volume, volume. You know, what's your pain price on eggs? Is it $10 a dozen or is it three ninety nine? Um, you know, what's your pain threshold on the social side of, you know, eggs? Is it six ninety nine for, you know, chickens that get to run around uh, per dozen or is it three ninety nine for chickens that stayed locked up in a coop? Anyhow, Microsoft says they're going to use ARM chips in the future, which is a big blow to uh, Intel on the server side. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in the Toll House Hotel Thursday evening in Los Gatos. You can learn more information by going to Rob Black's show. If you want to get in for free or on the wait list at this point in time, use radio code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.